This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Yes, 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 ladies and gentlemen, Motes and Euler, we are back and we got to talk about a person person who has officially crossed over to the other side they oh, are the feds they, so they the are the ops they are uh-uh uh, no longer with the pittsburgh Steelers. they are officially a baltimore Ratbird, aka raven oh. ladies and gentlemen if you don't know what i'm talking about if you don't know who i'm talking about oh. i'm talking about a gentleman who was formerly of his parish starting left tackle there he is guy by the name of alejandro Villanueva. i can't even call him big al anymore me either. When, when, when you cross over to I'm the purple. I'm a different B.A. name. You know, yeah. Like when, Benedict Arnold. When, when you cross over to the, to the Ravens, <laughs> you're no longer Big Al. You're now Alejandro Villanueva. That's right. That's who you are. I'm, uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Benedict it was announced Arnold, earlier today that Alejandro Villanueva oh. signed a two-year, $14 million deal with the oh. Baltimore Ravens. $8 million fully guaranteed. Now, this is intriguing. This is very interesting as well because oh. we understand – the situation from an O-line standpoint for the Baltimore Ratbirds. We know that they have a $100 million left tackle, Ronnie Stanley. Obviously, that, he that, got hurt last year. That boy's year. good. That boy real good. <laughs> he, he's not the type that doesn't start. But obviously, he got hurt in the game that we played against him. Ultimately, put him off for the year. He's still in the middle of his recovery. Signs are pointing that he should be back on time. But if not, this is a part of that. But when he does come back, the interesting thing is this. Now... Big, no, no longer big. Now Alejandro Villanueva there you go. would there have you go. to AV. Have, Do we call him AV to, now? No, no, you don't get nicknames when you play for them. That's true. No, 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 no. You're, you're Alejandro. Especially, you know what I can say now too, though. This is the nice part uh-huh. about this. Ah, Alejandro Villanueva, great name. Yeah, yeah. It's a great name. <laughs> Leave me alone. I can't stand you sometimes. <laughs> But you know that guy, you know that right tackle for the Ravens? What's a villain away? Because that's the name. thing. And I'm glad you said it right there. He's gonna have to play right tackle now as well. This is this is an interesting. It, it's it's interesting move. for a lot of reasons. Yes, it's layers to this thing. There's man. there's levels to the ogres have layers, yes. onions have layers. Absolutely. Mozi, maybe the most surprising thing to me in all the and we could talk the, the left to the right side. He hasn't played right side before. Maybe if Ronnie Stanley isn't ready to go at the start of the season, he's gonna play the left side for a couple games till Ronnie gets back. Even more surprising to that than me is, you know, nabbing a guy to play right tackle who's never played right tackle, and, you know, it's not like he's coming out of college. He's in his 30s. He's towards the end of his NFL career, not the beginning. Is maybe so – what is the Baltimore offense predicated upon? We all know the answer. It's running the football. And what does he struggle with? The run game. If if it was – like when, when – there was a lot of talk about uh, Big Al going to the Chargers. Mm-hmm. That was that was a big talking point when free agency opened, and mm-hmm. that made sense because the Chargers are a heavy pass team. And that Justin will probably Herbert. continue with yes. Justin Herbert even more so. Big Al going to a team like Baltimore, it, it'd be like him kind of like going to the Cardinals maybe. Like I, it just doesn't make – when you like to run the football that much, Motsi – that, that, to me, just doesn't seem like an ideal fit. I agree. And especially knowing the dogs that you're going to be facing in this division. Like like Big Al, like Baltimore and Tennessee would be like the last two places yeah. I would think that he was going to end up. Yeah, I mean, not only, like I said, because of the switching of positions, but more important, like you said, just the philosophy, the style in which he plays. What does he do well versus what he struggles Correct. with? Correct. 
But I think this is more so Baltimore. They had to do this it's when true. they decided not to draft a tackle with the pick that they acquired from the Orlando Brown trade. That put them in this hole right here because Orlando Brown was their right tackle along with Ronnie Stanley, who was the left tackle. Then Ronnie gets hurt. Orlando moves over. Then Orlando says, I don't want to go back to right tackle. But they never replaced him with an adequate guy. So you, they were kind of stuck in having to do, okay, well, who is the best player still available on um, the 4th of May? The 4th of May. It's going to be May. And well, that person was obviously Alvin Villanueva. Yep, he's so, familiar with the division. Yeah. Yeah. And they obviously was probably thinking of the concept of, well, hey, man, we sh- we weaken a, a division opponent by taking their starter and then we strengthen ourselves. Yeah. Even though I think we're, we're, we're going to find out. We're going to both get a chance. We're, we're going to see. Motsi, we're not going to see. We're going to see twice. Yeah, we're going to definitely see. Yeah, it, it, you know what? We, we talked about this a couple weeks ago when it was rumored this is going to happen. They're going to wait until after the draft so it doesn't affect the comp pick formula. Big Al's going to sign with Baltimore. Well, it happened. Sometimes, Motsi, you know what they say happens when you assume, but sometimes it's okay to assume. I told you, every time you assume, you get it right. <laughs> Keith says the NFL needs to change the comp pick formula. Ravens signing Al when they did to screw us when we would have gotten a fifth or a sixth comp pick next year. That's some royal BS. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what, though? I will say, Motsi, and to you, Keith, as well, too, obviously, watch this space because the Steelers might not be done adding either. Oh, no question. And so, you know, if the Steelers circle around and maybe bring in one of these veteran corners who are still mm-hmm. out there on the market, you know, we'll be kind of singing the opposite side of that tune yeah. as well, too. Because we could definitely see that being the case, not only at uh, corner, but also linebacker. I mean, we heard Keith Butler say that um, in terms of this is right after we drafted a Buddy Johnson. I, or it was yep. either Buddy or Quincy Roche. That's when uh, he had went on and was like, yeah, man, we still have some veterans that we're going to be looking at potentially adding later on. It's like, all right, I you, like uh, that. You don't need me to get back up here and start um, banging the table for KJ Wright again, do you? Bro, don't play with me. You know I love KJ. <laughs> you know I love K- KJ. That's my guy. I no, can't believe he's still a free that's, agent. That's my guy. I can't believe he's still a free agent. But you know that's how free agency works. You got the initial free agency yeah. period, then you have the draft period, then you have the second free agency period that starts once typically OTAs and stuff like that have commenced. But – I don't even know if we're going to have OTAs this year. Maybe not really. Kevin Colbert seemed pretty confident. Yeah, I, I feel like the owners have said, seen. said, I'll oh, see you in two weeks. Owners and GMs have all seemed confident that OTAs are going to transpire. But yet I keep seeing letters saying that OTAs are not transpiring. Oh, this group of players said oh, they're no, not no, coming I just need to know if me this and you are going to be doing these shows from our comfortable air-conditioned studio or are we going to be hanging out in Mr. Rooney's backyard on the south side? That's Listen, all I really need I'm to know. I'm not going to lie. I would enjoy being back out I there. I would too. But at the same time, I don't feel like driving all the way down there it right now. It is further, yep. And and then when, yeah. once we're done, we're in the we're in the heart, in the heart of the city, of in the middle of rush hour. Yeah. yeah. Well, is rush hour still rush hour right now though? It's you know what I've noticed it's coming back. It is. Which is not you know, to everybody and listen, circumstances out of your hands. People have been working from home. People have mm-hmm. been unemployed. It's been a crazy last fourteen months. But Motsi, don't you think like people like you and I, right? Who for the past fourteen months? What do never, you mean, people like you and I? People who never stopped commuting. People who never got to work from home. Yeah. Shouldn't we get some preferential treatment here? I, I think we should. Everyone.
someone else should have to carpool or they should have to walk or ride their bike to work. We should get speed pass lanes. I should get like a chitty chitty bang bang vehicle. Absolutely, man. For 14 months throughout the pandemic, I still came into work every day. I don't deserve this. You you got HOV lanes, right? Yeah. Well, we need a separate, we work through the pandemic lane. We work through the pandemic lane. That's the lane we need. Because we did. Because I will tell you this, Motsi. We we drove traffic, through the, the apocalypse. Traffic is, the traffic is the traffic is coming back. It we is. we was out here driving when you had to sanitize your hand before you open your car door. Back <laughs> back when you had to wipe your steering wheel down because you ain't know if your car was gonna melt from Corona because we ain't know. That's we we was out Mots, here with that. We was in the streets. Motsi and I would come walking through the building spraying lights on in the hallways. We were outside. We ain't know no better, man. <laughs> And now it's not fair. You've all been rolling out of bed and working from home for 14 months. Don't cause traffic on my commute. TC tweets, the Ravens are aware that if Al Villanueva plays right tackle, he will see Watt twice a year. Darn, darn Listen, day. I said, if you're TJ, if you're TJ, you're sending your personal trainer to get Ronnie Stanley healthy. You're saying, Ronnie, you're going to be healthy by the time we play y'all. Twice a year, you're going to be healthy. I don't care what has to be done. That's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm sending my trainers. They're going to work on his little leg, and he's going to get that thing right because I need Al at right tackle twice a year. That's the stat game for you, TJ. That's that. You know how what Tua say? Man, you get the stats, the stat game, right? That That's that's the one you want. The stat game. That's what you want if you TJ, man. You know how TJ get no, down? you're absolutely right. Listen, they TJ's call TJ trying, blood to win, trying to win that, that defensive player of the year. Yeah, award, that's right? TJ nickname this year, bloodbath. Bloodbath. He, he, he taking names. He killing everybody out there this year. I'm telling you. Uh, Mr. Taylor also says, I'm glad Big Al went to those rap birds. TJ is going to have a field day when they face each other. Also, my favorite pick is Green from Illinois. That dude is an mm-hmm. animal. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna continue uh to talk to talk draft here, Motsi. But yeah, that <laughs> this is you know what, and what was already obviously an intriguing season for a, a lot of different reasons. Um we're coming to the end, right, of of, of Kevin Colbert and Ben Roethlisberger's tenure. Uh, new offensive coordinator. <laughs> it was always going to be interesting this year, but I always. tell you what, man, first 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 season with a 17th regular season game as well too. Um, but this kind of big out to the Ravens adds a, another wrinkle. Motsi. It just never gets dull. I love this thing, man. It really does it. it I really love this thing it. called football. I love it too. Motsi, um, it looks like those uh, those are all the tweets uh, on Big Al here. We've all still right. got more draft tweets and, well, let's and questions get back to and stuff draft rolling then, man. in. Let's get back to, get the, back draft. to the draft here. Absolutely, yeah, man, let's do that. We, we've talked well, what? We talked we Najee, talk Najee and, and Pat, Pat Fryer. Let's, let's go to Kendrick, man. Let's shout, do shout it. Kendrick. Every time I hear Kendrick, I always want to say Kendrick Lamar. I'm Kendrick Lamar, a.k.a. Vanzies to me just a Kendrick Green. It's green. It's green. It's green. But shout out to Kendrick Green, man. I like his game I, a lot, man. I do too, and I don't know Motsi if it's because he wears number fifty three. Ah, uh, you already know, and it. he's kind of looks and has the same hairstyle and everything uh-huh. as Pouncey. I don't know if it's because I, I, I saw my man Kendrick Green uh, in his reaction video in his living room, just Gronk spike an expensive pair of Ray Bans. He was so. Did you see? Did you have that same thing as me? They show that video, yeah, right? Yeah. And he's yeah, yeah with his family. I'm gonna be a Pittsburgh Steeler. Woo! And his sister's going crazy. Woo! And then he takes off his really nice sunglasses and he Gronk mm-hmm. spikes him in the middle of the living room. And I, I, said, I said, wait I a second, young man, it. that's a nice pair of frames right there. That was his. You know what that moment was for Kendrick Green, Motsi? You know, he was saying those shades you got on called Ray Bands. Uh oh. Well, these shades I got on cost eight bands. It's that simple. Because Kendrick gonna be fresh as long as the Stillers watch it. You better believe it. <laughs>
You best to believe it. I'm interested to get your opinion, though, Motsi, of drafting a guy, right? Mm -hmm. 33 starts at Illinois, only four of those at center, 29 at the guard position, but the Steelers clearly drafted him to play center. Yes, and like you said, man, very intriguing just because of, man, you've never seen this guy have to do it the long haul, right? A full collegiate season. Like you said, he only has, what, a handful of snaps at the center position. Right. But if they feel that, man, they've already seen him do it enough, then, yeah, you must be believing that you can make this guy do it full time. And I think that he can, man. I think the the bigger issue is going to be just him understanding the footwork element of it because yes. it is different being a center. You're more balanced in that guard where you slightly are staggered. And then, obviously, the snapping element, getting back just used to – snapping and getting my hand up a lot faster than if both my hands are already, you know, on my waist or coming out of a three-point stance. It's just typically the speed of that is different. But once he gets that down, he has all the other intangibles. He has the size. He has the speed. He has the power. He moves people when he blocks them. That stuff isn't going away. That's the stuff that you either have or you don't have. Correct. B.J. Finney and J.C. Hassenauer, they're very good from a technical standpoint, but they're not people movers the way that Kendrick is. Correct. Kendrick moves people the same way that you see Dotson move people, the same way that we see DeCastro move people. That's the cloth that Kendrick is from. And I just think that, man, once he gets the snap slash footwork element down, man, we're going to see this guy be the starter here for a long time. That's what he plays with. That's the the, the potential that he has, yep. just based on what we're seeing from him on tape right now. I agree, too. Um, I think that there is a, a real – like, I, I don't think this is just one of those draft cliches that everyone gets smoke blowing up their butt this time of year, right? Like, I legitimately think that the Steelers liked him more at center than guys like Creed Humphrey or, or mm-hmm. Quinn Miners, um, the, the traditional centers that everybody yeah. wanted them to take. And Motsi – I, I don't know if you saw this, um, but it, it kind of, you know, the some of the quotes picked up some steam on Twitter yesterday, but Kevin Colbert was actually on with Stan Saverin yesterday afternoon mm, on, 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 on 970 ESPN and basically said that they un- they understood what Illinois was doing because Illinois had a super senior center. Like, they had a fifth-year starter uh... at center. but. So Kevin Colbert said, from Illinois' standpoint, it made sense to play him at guard. That's what was best for their program and for their right. team. But for him, his best position was clearly center. And basically that they felt that if he, you know, if, if he would have played in a different program and would have had 19 starts at center, right, instead of, yeah. instead of just four and most of them at guard – uh, that he would be, that he would have been in the same breath of conversation as gotcha. guys like Landon Dickerson and Creed Humphrey. Again, I, people people say what they say during the draft process, right? But I, at, I at love least, when you give us the caveats like that. Because <laughs> we all know, say we all know, what we they all know say. It's true. They're gonna say what they're gonna say. They're never gonna poo-poo. What, they're never gonna draft oh, the guy and be man. like, oh well, you know, we actually were hoping to get somebody else, but we got this guy instead. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but, Kevin Cobra told me that as soon as I asked him, uh, man, so why'd you choose Najee over Eaton? Well, we don't speak about guys that we didn't draft. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh well, th- th- thank you. Thank you, Mr. Cobra. I appreciate you for um, letting me know. Kevin Cobra was waiting. He was waiting yeah. to come up the top rope. We that do Arthur not Mo- answer questions about players we did not draft. Dang, go on. All right, let me throw these questions away then. Huh. <laughs> I, 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 and again, how much stock you want to put into that or not, but it was something that Kevin Colbert told Stan Saverin yesterday, that they feel like if he would have been uh, at a different program where he would have, where the, you know, their, their personnel would have facilitated him playing the center position, mm-hmm. uh, that a lot of the evaluations and stuff on him would have been different. 
Yeah, I could definitely see that, man. Because for some people, he just wasn't viewed as a center. And Correct. that could be part of the problem when you're talking about how you rate a guy or just the perception around a pick. A lot of times just, man, I didn't even know about this guy. And I think that's why you could have those mixed reviews. But, man, when you watch him on tape, he has the fundamental thing that you want an offensive lineman in terms of being able to move Nasty. people. He moves them. I love his energy. I love how he finishes plays. I just think as a whole, this is going to be a good pick. And worst case, right, absolute worst case, say he can't play center. Okay. Well, he could play left or right guard. Yep. You don't think that's valuable as well? I agree. Like, we have DeCastro, but he's not going to play forever, you know. So it's good to see that, well, worst case, I have a swing guard right here. I have a swing guy that can play the interior part of this line of scrimmage. That's how I think of it. And, like I said, it's still going to be added competition for who? B.J. Finney, J.C. Hassanauer early on. So they're not just given the starting spot at center. They're going to have to earn it as well. Mm -hmm. So I just think, as a whole, this is very nuanced, but it's still a very good pick for multiple reasons like that. Yeah. I agree. I I do. I I, I like Kevin Green. I, Kevin Green. <laughs> you see Kevin what I did there? Green. Kendrick Green. I mean, I like Kevin Green too, but what about Kendrick? All right. You, you see we got we got Bettis Harris. Ah. We got we got Green in this draft. Okay, okay. I see what we're doing here. I, I see it. I, I, I see. like I like how we going with these names. The I name see, game. I see what we're doing here. So so who, who you got for the fourth one? Dan Rooney. What? <laughs> oh. <laughs> we're going to buddy bud. Uh, all right. I just didn't know. Buddy Ryan, I'm just, trying to bring back the 53 you know, defense. I just didn't know if that's what we were doing or not. I was ready, though. I was ready. Hamotzi, let's talk about those two uh, Texas A&M boys, yeah? Absolutely, man. Shout out to the fact that they both got to get drafted right back-to-back to the same team. That's that, pretty cool. That's pretty awesome You know right what? There, I feel like we saw a lot of that this draft. We did. Think about Trevor Lawrence. Tra- was it Trevor Lawrence and Travis, Travis yep. Etienne? We took Dan Moore and Buddy Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jets uh, took two BYU guys. Absolutely. Uh, who else? It was somebody else that got got like that. Yeah. There was also two. There was a couple instances of like in the draft because like, Alabama uh, Devontae. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, Landon Dickerson and yeah. Devonta Smith to the Eagles. Yep, that's yep. what it was. Yep. yep. I feel like there were a lot of instances yeah, too. Jaylen of like, I, like in the fourth round. Oh, was, and then Jamar Chase in a uh, which call it. Oh, uh, Burrow, Joe Burrow. Yep. Yeah. Um, in the first round, too, or sorry, in in the later rounds, I feel like there was a lot of like, like there was like two or three Cincinnati players that mm-hmm. went off the board in a row. You know what I mean? And like two or three LSU players yes. who who went off the board in a row. Um, but yeah, it was it was funny how that worked out, and and obviously we all know that the scouting process was very different uh, leading up to this draft as it usually is. But yeah, Motsi, two A and M boys, twelve picks apart. We got a couple tweets. I don't know where you want to start here. And, again, you're rolling this today. But we got a couple tweets from people just asking your opinion, you know, on the linebacker, Buddy Johnson. Yeah, man, um, we can start with Buddy. For me, I like him a lot. I think that he is just a younger, newer version, more athletic version of Vince Williams. I love how he plays downhill. I think that he has a natural eye and a natural feel for the running game. I don't think he plays as fast as he tested. He tested, I think, a 4-5 flat. I don't think he plays. I think he plays more in that 4-6, you know, that range. But I think he takes really good angles to the ball. So what I mean by that is this. Think of an outside play, right, a play going to the perimeter. If Devin Bush is out there, Devin Bush is going to meet that guy at the point, right? Sure, sure. If Vince is there, Vince is going to be topped out of speed, probably going to have to dive to make it. With Buddy, he's going to be right in between that. Mm -hmm. He's not going to meet that guy at the point, but he's not going to be diving, (laughs) tapped out. He's going to be right in between there. But 
yeah, that, that's winning ball. That's why he does have that label of a sideline to sideline backer a little bit. I also like the fact that on blitzes, he has a natural feel for rushing the passer. He's not a linebacker that's just going to run right down the middle, and we call those guys Velcro because, yeah, you run into the running back, and it looks like you got Velcro on your chest because the back is just, like, holding you like – that's it. Like, you're not going anywhere. You're blocked to death. Right. He's not that type of guy. He works half a man. He actually utilizes his hands when he's rushing the passer. I think that he has a really good feel for zone drops. I also love how at the point of the catch, right, the catch point, he does a great job of playing through the hands. Now, he does that because typically he's trailing, which is another reason why <laughs> I say I don't think that he plays as fast as he <laughs> times because every time I see him in man-to-man coverage, he's making a play on the ball, but he's usually making it from the trail technique, hmm. which is fine. I was the guy who had to get real yeah. comfortable with the trail technique yeah, because sure. newsflash, I wasn't four three. So it's a reason why you're a linebacker, not a defensive back. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> so you get you you understand. Okay, if I'm not a guy that's going to be in position for interceptions, I need a guy your that I need to be the guy be, that is yeah. great playing through the catch your point. Your eyes and your technique Absolutely. better be outstanding. And when I watch Buddy, Buddy is very comfortable in those positions. He doesn't panic. He doesn't grab. I like that a lot as well. And then I also think that he's just a good tackler, not the. Biggest of hitters. I know some people try to give him the big hit, you know, moniker. Right, right. I don't think that he's a big hitter. I think he's a solid tackler, though. And I do like his contact. Like, he's not turning it down, but I don't think he's a – like, when I think of Vince, Vince puts people down. Like, he's not hitting them like that. But I think that he's still going to be a very productive tackler. But he's still on the smaller side. I think he weighs around, like, 230 when I, yeah. when I was seeing yeah. So, I was a little concerned because I'm like, well, if he's a little bit sluggish, I could have him drop – but knowing that he's already on the lighter side, that's where you're going to have to find that fine line. But shout out to the NFL nutritionists and the, the strength and uh, conditioning mm-hmm. coaches. They're going to find that perfect weight for him. I mean, Vince is a guy, I was a guy as well, that had to find that weight of, okay, how do I drop, but not too much, but enough where you're fast enough. Right. You know, we can right. get faster. Finding so, that sweet spot. Absolutely. So, But Buddy, the, the biggest thing that's going to hold him back early on is just mentally. Can he understand and comprehend this defense to the level of Vince Williams, to the level of Robert Spillane, because I think he's a better athlete than both of those guys. But mentally, he's not on their level just yet. And that's expected. I mean, when you're coming yeah. out of college versus yeah. two guys who've been in the NFL for a while, yeah, you're, you're going to be behind eight ball from that standpoint. But if he, the sooner he gets that, the sooner he'll be on the field because he, he has that type of potential as an inside backer. And you know what, Motsi? I... I got a feeling he's going to pick up what the Steelers are putting down pretty quickly. Um, and here's why. You know what I like most about Buddy Johnson? Besides the name? Because I love his name. Besides the name. Great I name. Love his name. The fact that when he was a senior in high school, he had a decision to make. Uh-oh. What was that decision? After his senior year of football in high school, Buddy mm-hmm. Johnson, and, and he talked about this uh, after being selected by the Steelers, uh, he had a decision to make, and that was to go to Texas A&M, the big SEC school right to play linebacker, mm-hmm. or... To go to Tulsa and be the quarterback at Tulsa. Now, Tulsa's not an SEC or a Big Ten school, but Tulsa's not a slouch program either. They just had a guy drafted in the first round in Zayvon Collins. That's what to say. Buddy Johnson was the the stud at his high school, you know, like a lot of people were, like Arthur Motes was as well too. He was the quarterback and he was the linebacker. He had to decide, do I want to try and pursue a career in football as a quarterback and go to Tulsa? Or do I want to try and pursue a career in football as a linebacker and go to A&M? Motsi, I'm saying all this because if he was 
play if he played quarterback at a high enough level in in high school to have a scholarship off, offer from Tulsa. Mm-hmm. I think he's got the the mind. I think he's got the cerebral nature. And I was discussing this. Uh, last night on the ESPN Pittsburgh Facebook page with, with Tom Bradley, who was, of course, yeah. the Steelers' old secondary coach, coached at Penn State, WVU, and UCLA in college forever. He told me the best defense he ever coached in college at Penn State, one of the years they won the national championship in the 80s, seven of their 11 starters on defense played quarterback in high school. What? <laughs> he said you can Jeez. He said you can never have enough guys on defense, right. never have enough guys on defense uh, who played quarterback in high school at a high level, particularly at the linebacker position. Motsi, I think Buddy Johnson in a couple of years could be that green wow. dot guy for the Steelers. I did not know that. I actually yep. like that. I mean, it makes sense. He could have gone to Tulsa yeah. to play quarterback under scholarship. So he clearly definitely makes sense, though, played man. quarterback at a pretty high level. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense right there. So now hearing that, that makes it even more intriguing. And I do like this even more now when yeah. I hear it that way. So shout out to you for – look at you doing your, your big J hey, journalism game over here, come man. On, man. That's come why you on, That's man. why you get paid the big bucks. We know this. <laughs> uh, Motsi, a couple more minutes in this segment before we got a break. You want to talk about Dan Moore for Absolutely, a second Absolutely, man, because, yeah, we, we got to pay some respect to – both the A&M boys yeah. here together. Yeah, hey, listen, they got drafted together. We're going to talk about them together. It's just that – this is a defensive guy who played Obviously. linebacker running the show. So oh, we you, love think, it. you think we I'm going to talk it. about the O line before I talk about an LB? <laughs> you be, I, I started to lead off the show with Buddy Johnson. Y'all better leave me alone. Right, right. I was going Buddy Johnson, then Quincy Roche. Y'all they better stop playing with me. These man. four straight offensive picks. Hey, to start I, the draft. Hey, what? They were I, trying you. Listen, I said, y'all got me doing draft coverage and all y'all drafting as offensive players. Why y'all disrespecting me like that, man? Don't play with me, and man. And you take a Penn State guy? <laughs> I was like, why y'all, why y'all playing with me like that, man? I'm not stable enough for this just yet. Motsi, let me ask you something about Dan Moore. Yeah. Because I wonder, you know, as as the, the guy with the decade of NFL experience, if you view this as a, as a positive or a negative, because I think you could really take it in two different directions. I look at Dan Moore and I say, hey, in the fourth round, right, at pick 128, mm-hmm. you got a three-year starter, starter at tackle in the SEC. I, I'll take, I love I'll that. take that all day. But then the more I think about it, right, I could say if I want to be cynical, how the hell did a guy who started at left tackle in the SEC for three years last until the fourth round, mm-hmm. what say you? What, what kind of side do you come down? Obviously, it can be in the middle. It can be a little bit of both. But No, I think it's simple. He's a really good player, but he has flaws. He has to be more consistent with his footwork. He has to be more consistent, especially as it pertains to like the pass blocking element of it. But he can run block. He has good natural size. I think that he moves well. Like when you watch him, mm-hmm. he can move. But he is a true left tackle. And he with, is a true left tackle, And with tackle, that being yes. the case, you want those guys to, you know, be a little bit more refined and polished from a pass blocking standpoint because of how significant pass blocking Just is from a left tackle. the athletes that they're going right. against every week. It's not like right tackle where you kind of, all right, we got the luxury of at least the quarterback can see you right. if you and get it beat. it might be a run-stuffing right. guy who's out there instead of a pure pass right. rusher. But, but on the left tackle, that yeah. that's you want to have those guys polished and being good passers. That's why I said for me, I like this pick solely because – this is a guy that was a three-year starter in the SEC, so you know he's talented enough to do it. But doing it play in and play out is what he has to do. Hmm. He has to do that better. And I think that with Adrian Clem, who was very pivotal in Kevin Dotson's development, I think that similar things could happen with a damn more. I think that that guy can develop. But the thing that I love more than anything is that it gives Chooks competition. competition. Yep. I don't I don't care who's the starter at left tackle. It could be Dan Moore, it could be Chooks, it could be whoever else you want to put in there. As long as they had to compete to earn that spot, I'm completely fine with it. We said the same thing about Banner last year. When they named Banner the starter, I said, I'm fine. As long as he earned it. As long as he earned it. You yeah. could have said it was Chooks. As long as he earned it. 
I just don't want it to be you're the starter by default because we don't have anyone else to compete with you. Correct. If Banner already beat out Chooks at right tackle, I'm fine with that. I said that earlier. I'm cool with that. He could be named the starter at right tackle. But we need competition at left tackle. 100%. I haven't seen Chooks do it at the NFL level. I want to see him at least have to earn that spot. I think that's well said. And then we could go forward from there. And that's what Dan Moore brings at the bare minimum. As Tunch and Wolf would say, Iron sharpens iron. That's Particularly baby. in the trenches, baby. It is that simple, baby. <laughs> Motsi, I think we got to get to our last break here. Uh, one last chance for these knuckleheads to get those tweets in. Absolutely. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't done so yet, you better get in ASAP. So, hit us up on the Twitter.com at TheBody52. TheBody. And at Wesley Euler. Ooh, that's the good hair. And we come back, man. We got to talk about the rest of these draft yep. picks from day uh, two and three. Yes, sir. This is Motsi Euler on Steel Nation Blitz.